Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. to a Celtic state of mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and today I'm joined by Lawrence Conley and hopefully we will also be joined by Laura Bradburn later on in the show. Celtic 6, St Mirren 0 and I think the delay with Laura coming in is because David Turnbull just scored a hat-trick. Laura, let's start off with the performance of what could probably be described as your favourite player, David Turnbull. Listen, listen, I I have taken... A fair enough slagging over the months since I saw David Turnbull in a Celtic shirt. 
probably because I unfairly and overexcitedly compared them to Paul McStay and it's become a bit of a running joke. But regardless of the maestro's comparisons to him and, and whatever, he's just a classy, classy player. He's so good. The, my favourite bit today, apart from his three goals, was in the first half when McGregor uh, curled that ball just past the post. Before he actually took that shot, the person that took the ball down out of the air and chested it on the edge of the box and turned to pass it to him was David Turnbull. Mm-hmm. And he's just got that ability, a bit like I was talking about Tom Rog- Rogic the other night, that ability to find space and time where so many other players can't. And I mm-hmm. just think his vision, his football and brain, his ability to shoot, his ability to pass is quite often the key behind everything that we managed to unlock in games like today. You know, it, it's incredible. And I've been saying this for the last two weeks because I think David Turnbull's really hit form in the last couple of weeks, Laura. I've been saying that, you know, it wasn't too long ago that he was coming in for a fair bit of criticism. Um, and now you're looking at the fact that he went to the Euros with Scotland, although he didn't play. I actually felt that he should have at some mm-hmm. point played for Scotland. Um, he must be one of these players who is going to play him himself right into Steve Clark's starting 11. I mean, I know that there has been calls, there's been suggestions that Stephen Welsh could help Steve Clark out at centre-half. Even Tony Ralston, because of his performances, might be a shout for a Scotland squad. But beyond that, David Turnbull is a certainty, you would think. He would have to be. I mean, it's the one bit of, of Scotland's game that I thought we lacked at the, at the Euros, apart from not having a striker who can hit hit a goal into the net, uh, hit a ball into the net. Um, I think somebody of Turnbull's creativity and vision in the midfield is something that would help us a lot. But just interestingly, before I came on air, I was just tweeting, do you know the only other player to score a hat-trick? And he's first and only hat-trick in a 6-0 win for Celtic. Was it... Mm, Paul McStay? It was. Inverness, <laughs> 1985, in the, in the Scottish Cup, fourth round, so... I don't know. There's something written in the stars about this boy. <laughs> Listen, you continue to make the comparisons uh, for as long as you like. McStay was an absolute magician and so is David Turnbull. That's what I'm going to say. Um, there were some concerns. Some people suggested, Lawrence, that David Turnbull was not Angie's type of player. He's proven them wrong, is he not? Yeah, definitely. These games went up a level. That's probably a combination of his application and the manager's instructions. He's making it clear what he wants his players to do and what's expected of him. You know, he's setting a bar for them to hit. Uh, Turnbull, I think one of the European games, we actually thought he was playing his way out of the team earlier this season. Uh, and then Ange stuck with him in the next game at home, cracking game, and he's not looked back. He's, you know, you've got a midfielder there, as Laura's saying, he's picking out passes mm-hmm. that others don't see. He's scoring goals, he's making tackles, he's giving us everything. I felt it fell off a wee bit in the last 10 minutes, you know, so he's maybe still got to lift his fitness a bit. But another cracking performance from him. Absolutely. Uh, outstanding. Yeah. You know, the team's getting better, I think, with every game. You know, the, the longer that defence plays together, you know, Stafford and Welsh are getting bit, better under understanding. But we're showing, you know, it's worth playing. A, Attacking against, I guess, what we consider a bottom six team at Celtic Park, mm. you know, 
the, the commentator started going on about, oh, it's down to the 10 men. I actually thought we took a foot off the gas about the tempo drop when they went down to 10 men. We were looking far more dangerous before it. Yeah. But, you know, that's another player being sent off against Celtic. And arguably, you could say in every domestic game this season, players should have been sent off against Celtic and in a, a couple of games they weren't. Yeah, I mean, the one thing for me, right, there was the obvious one with power. I'm not going to labour that because we spoke about it at half time. But I thought that um, Erhahon, uh, Ethan, good effort, Paul, um, <laughs> four, four different occasions, um, he was penalised. Two of them could easily have been bookings. He didn't even get booked. Sorrow comes in, and by the way, Sorrow's, Sorrow's effort was a booking. Uh, I'm not saying that for a second. But if that's a booking, then for, for persistent fouling, then surely the number 16, let's call him, should have been booked as well. You know, the, the consistency is just not there. Now, we're going to be talking about applying the rules um, during the show, launch when, when we speak about the ticketing situation with Rangers. Uh, that's all we're asking, just apply the rules. We're not asking for um, anybody to be protected as such because I think that Kyogo has been targeted and I think Abada has been targeted um, so far this season. We're not saying protect our players uh, beyond anything else or above any other player. Just apply the rules. That's all we're asking for, Lawrence. A lot is to do with referee standard. I mean, if I'm St. Mung, that goal looks on side to me. I, mean, I need to watch it back. Yeah. But, but the boy in a right back position seems to be playing him on. Mm-hmm. You, you know, it looks like... It's just another poor performance. It's like when he stopped the ball for a bounce ball when Cogger's body checked off it, you're going, you can't just make the, the rules up. Well, you're just applying them, you know, get to a level where... Okay, that's what I'm asking for better referees to apply the rules instead to make them up. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you know, I meant to say this at halftime, Laura, but 16 minutes in, um, and Lawrence and I were just talking about the, the fact that Celtic had pressed St Mirren back for the entirety of that first 15 minutes. And this this led to a badder's goal. And I turned out and said to Lawrence, see, last season, we would be unable to break this side down. This was part of the issue. There was a lack of creativity. There was a lack of width that we continually went on about, Laura. And often what would happen is a player like Christy mainly, sometimes Turnbull when he came into the side, would end up just trying an effort from range because we were clueless. We had no creativity. We had no ideas. We had no options. And I turned around to Lawrence and said that, you know, this time last season, we couldn't break this side down. And we did it because we played a bad out wide and that's what created the chance. I mean, it was obvious for anyone watching Celtic to see that that was a major deficiency in our play. Uh, And by God, Ange has managed to rectify that very quickly, hasn't he? Yeah, I think it's like you say, that we had no runs through the channels or out wide uh, last season. Nobody looking for the ball, really. And and that was a major problem for us. When you've got Abada and Christie especially making those runs um, and Kyogo, when he's playing through the middle, turning, turning on the shoulder of the last defender, you've always got options to pass the ball forward and break those lines, which we didn't do last season. Um, and I think that's probably where... You know, the, the criticism of, of Turnbull and, and Christie for taking pot shots last season uh, that didn't come off is probably in reflection a little bit harsh because, like you say, uh, those chances were, or, or the reason that they were taking those shots was because there was no other option there. Um, you can see the success rate that they're having with shots now that they have other options and they're only taking a shot when it is their best option. So uh, I'm just encouraged to see. The variety of goals we're getting, we're getting um, balls through the middle, which people are running onto. We're getting shots from outside the box. We're getting crosses and headers. It's it's really encouraging to see, and it means that 
you know, if if we can't break teams down in one certain way, then we'll try another way. And having those options available is something that's really going to help us the rest of the season. Another thing, Laura, that uh, Lawrence turned around and, and pointed out during the game was uh, on that subject of Christie taking. Uh, he had a, a shoot on site policy. He's spoken about it. You know, whenever you get into that area, just shoot. That was that was the the incredible tactics that were were given to him by Neil Lennon last season, and it didn't work. Um, Johnny Ryan comes in to say, interesting, Christie was getting the armband. I, I looked at that and thought that was very wise. That was a wise move by Callum McGregor to do that. Um, if we want to try and keep Christie, and we've spoken about that as well, you know, even to the end of the season, a bit like Eddie, and get performances like we did today from both Christie and Eddie. Yes, you're giving up a transfer fee, but surely the benefit of having these two guys playing like that, Lawrence, would be better this season of all seasons. Yeah, definitely, especially Chris. We're so, we're so weak out in the left hand. We don't know if Mikey Johnson's ever going to make it. I suppose so. Montgomery's your backup there. I think I was a bit wasted out in the left. It's, yeah, we've got to keep Christy because you're going to get next to nothing from him. Um, Eddie's starting to show a bit more interest now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Now, whether that's he's trying to get a move or he, he realises what he's been doing before hasn't hasn't worked or whether it's contagious because the team's playing well. He's maybe just being coached and managed. It could be. Listen, even a Yeti's, when he come on, was closing down. We talked about it. Oh, I'm not too sure if he's an Ange player. He looks to have lost a few pounds. He closed well, down. I was going to say, Lawrence, Turnbull doesn't get his hat-trick without a Yeti today. It was him that closed the ball down, passed it to Rogic, who put the ball through. So, um, yeah, I think people are buying into what he's doing and uh, you're going to see a lot of big differences from a lot of players compared to last season. And before we carry on with the show, yes, I am aware Kyogo has scored his first and only hat-trick in a 6-0 win as well, but that's good company to keep. Kyogo and McStay uh, is good company for Turnbull to keep. (laughs) On that point, uh, before I get on to it, Joe Porter comes in. Welcome back, Joe. We are scintillating, absolutely we are. Um, and, you know, we've played two league games at home and we've won them both 6 nothing. And, yes, these are two teams that um, I would expect to be bothering the bottom half of the table. But the job still needs done, and it was done with aplomb, it was done with style, and it was done in a, in a manner that sets you up nicely for a European game during the week as well. I mean, Kakashi comes in with a couple of the, the match stats, 73% possession, um, 36 shots, absolute domination. Now, by the way, I would make the point that last season, I remember when John Kennedy took over for the first three or four games, Laura, I think we were averaging something in the range of 25 to 30 shots a game. But there's a big difference between, you know, firing shots in uh, with any kind of game plan and doing what we're doing because we're actually reaping the benefits this time round. Uh, we spoke before at the beginning of the game about, you know, playing teams at home that we should, you know, let's be ruthless about it. We should be put into the sword. We've not been doing it for a long time we didn't play defensively. We didn't just play with a sole striker and and um, try this laboured uh, attacking, you know, from the back to the point where you're in the final third and you've got absolutely no options whatsoever. And it's worked on the two occasions we've done it against Dundee and today against St Mirren. And I would hope, Laura, that that is the approach we're going to have throughout the season. Yeah, I would hope so. I mean. I- <laughs> I agree with what you say about us having to be ruthless, you know, and it was part of the reason I was so annoyed at COVID being made an excuse for Celtic last season because we have resources and and 
technology and facilities that are far beyond the majority of the opposition that we face in this in this division. And it isn't arrogance to say, it's actually a sign of respect for the other teams that we're playing to say, listen, with what we have available to us, it's, it's, it is embarrassing for us if we can't put teams to the sword like we're doing now. You know, the, these teams could do so much more with the, the finances and the facilities available to them that we have. And so for us not to make full use of them and do what we've been uh, doing so far this season is would be absolutely shocking. So having said all that, though, I, I'm still going to enjoy 6-0 wins against Dundee, 6-0 wins against St Mirren because compared to last season, it's just an absolute world away and it's just a joy to watch. Yes, it is. Now, I don't want to labour last season because we're now in the throes of what we think is going to be something special. But what I do want to talk about is our new arrival. It's been announced today that we have brought in uh, Josip Zhiranovic. Uh, also, the fact that um, Lee Griffiths is completely out of the picture at the moment. There's a suggestion that we might be able to do a deal with Hibs on Kevin Nisbet and use Lee Griffiths as some kind of um, weighing tool in that. There's also the issue with the Rangers ticketing, and then there's the ever-returning ever issue of Neil Lennon. Now, what I'm going to do, just looking here, is that uh, Red Scotland makes a good point. It was good to see Ange hug Kyogo when he took him off. Kyogo, clearly a guy who needs loved. Ange knows this well. He's going to get plenty of love from the Celtic fan base. But Lawrence... The point that Red Scotland makes there, at what point would we have seen that that embrace um, you know, between the manager and a player last season? I, I don't know. I remember a, a left winger came off and uh, got a couple of choice words uh, from the manager last season. But listen, Ange is obviously a good man manager. He's getting performances out of players that... I think the fan base just didn't think there. You know, another cracking performance from Tony Ralston and Greg Taylor. You, you're yeah. It's just dragging performances out of players that we didn't think think were in there. Ralston didn't score the day, we get another shot on target. It's it's great to see. He's he's, he's obviously got a vision. We're not hearing but I mean listen, that's two six nils going on twelve. You know, you are walking away from both those games and going, We should really you know, and another day we've got double figures, we're at the post, the keeper's pulling off great saves. It's, it's two outstanding performances at home. He's managing his score well. He's managing to rotate them through. As thin as it is, we've made another, you know, from his goal midweek, we've got another goal scoring right back. You know, uh, Big Arthur was hugging him uh, as a good buy. I'm sure he's told him what to expect for the fan base and what we'll expect. Mm-hmm. As you say, it's coming together. If Griff goes and we get this bit in, I think everybody would be happy with that deal. It's another clean sheet for the defence. As ropey as some people are saying, you know, They've looked. Starfield yeah. and Welsh are getting a better understanding. The mm-hmm. fullbacks are doing their job. You know, it's another clean sheet. It's got to be confidence with those players. Yeah, absolutely, Lawrence. I mean, you just got to look at how Turnbull, um, his form, once it started picking up, and it's just going from strength to strength. Laura, you you think to yourself as well, who else has been getting stick? Well, Starfield's got a bit of stick, and so has Taylor. They've put in a very accomplished performance today. Maybe Star felt a little bit less noticeable, but he was he was steady. And I think that uh, the game time with him and Welsh playing together is going to hold hold them in good stead. I think that you know it's too early to, to write them off, and thankfully I don't think anybody on Axon has written them off. We've we've highlighted certain deficiencies in, in games, but there wasn't a moment in that game today where I 
where I had a, a heart in the in the mouth moment with Starfield. So so it's progress. Yeah, I always firmly believe with defenders. Like, don't get me wrong, I love seeing tackles like the the one that that Ralston made the other night eh, where he tracked the ball down and, and slid in when it was getting crossed into the box. And I love, you know, big tackles that make pe- the crowd roar eh, when, you know, like when eh, Simunovic went through Kenny Miller. Love all that stuff. But I think the mark of a good defender is when you don't notice them. Because if you don't notice them, it means they're entirely doing their job and they are not putting you in a position where you feel like their input is is contributing to a possible goal. The thing that's made Starfelt noticeable in the last few games has been the chances that he's nearly given away or the shaky passes or the chances that he's nearly or the goals that he's nearly given away to other teams. We didn't notice him today, perhaps because he didn't have as much to do because St Mirren weren't going forward. But he did have the occasional um, pass to make, the occasional tackle to make, and there was nothing to be concerned about. It was it was almost a, a side note on the on the performance. And to be honest, in a six 0 victory, that's all you want from a central defender is to be sh- assured, to be confident, and to be almost an afterthought in the game. Yeah, because if he's doing that, Laura, we're not going to be uh, shipping goals at the back because mm-hmm. he's doing his job, absolutely. Um, good point coming in from Grayson Hesselden. Plenty of Aussie Celtic support sitting up at 2M. Well, we do see uh, the amount of people coming in and watching the broadcasts from Australia and Japan. Um, a lot of new fans coming in, so welcome to the show. We're going to be here all season. Hopefully it's going to be an enjoyable one. Um, and you and Boy Martin says, yeah, hit the like button. Definitely, because you know what? Sometimes you put these broadcasts up and certain individuals have already put the thumbs down button before we've even started, so you know who they are. Um, so weigh them down with a with a like button. Um, some big issues at Celtic. It's superb to be sitting here after a 6 nothing uh, drubbing of St Mirren. Never, ever going to take something like this for granted. Absolutely not. But big discussion points in relation to Celtic. Let's start off with a positive. Uh, Lawrence Anthony Ralston's had a cracking start to the season. This is the most consecutive games he's ever played in a Celtic jersey. But uh, Andrew Postacoglu has spoken about continually going to the well. And every time he's going to the well, the players are producing. But they do need rest. And I think, you know, the arrival of Juranovic is a, is a solid signing. Um, what do we do midweek? I mean, is he going to be registered to play in Europe? Because uh, I know that obviously the first leg McCarthy wasn't, but he was for the second, the the, the second game. Do we uh, throw him in? Do we stick to where we are? Because we know what's coming up at Ibrox. I I don't think you unsettle your defence for either of those games. You know, Tony Ralston's done absolutely nothing that would suggest that he shouldn't be in that team. <laughs> you, you you know, he's played his heart out every game. Mm. He saw that 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 goal line clearance. You know, he scored a couple of goals. On the, on the form and on the evidence of your eyes, how would you justify dropping him? Other than, I just don't like him. You know, on, on his form this season, he's one of the first names in the team sheet. Mm-hmm. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. 
No, you're 100% correct. Will McMillan comes in to say Juranovic will soon be in the team. Um, and I guess it is a good dilemma for Ange to have, Laura. But um, with, you know, the, the next two games are massive for Celtic and, and for the season. Uh, we've got a great momentum. And I'm of the view, um, I'm agreeing with Lawrence, I'm of the view that you don't change something that is working so well at this stage. Yeah, I, I would say the same. I, I think the majority of the eleven that played today should probably be on the pitch against against uh, Rangers. All all things being well and, and no injuries being picked up. The the one change I might make is uh, I would be I would be hoping that uh, Furuhashi's back through the middle and we perhaps have Forrest in um, because I think, as Jim mentioned uh, on the show yesterday, I do think that that Edward slows the play down a little bit too much and struggles to find his feet and, and get quick on the turn. Um, whereas I think if you have Forrest back in the team and Furuhashi and Abada, you you have that pace and that dynamism that can really, um, you know, bamboozle the, the, the Rangers' defence and give them something to think about when they have, you know, not got off to the best start this season. And I, and I want to clarify what I'm saying by, by saying... I'm not continuing the narrative of, of that Edward's lazy and that he's and all the other accusations that have been made against him. I don't think he was that today. I just think he wasn't suited to the style that we were trying to play. And I would rather have players in the team that suit that style. Because to be honest, if if you're still struggling for a goal and you've got somebody like Eddie on the bench who can come on and make a difference, that's no bad thing either. The, the point the Jungle Lion makes is um, just imagine this team after three or four transfer windows with Ange at the helm. I mean, today's team, you would expect the vast majority of them, um, injury aside, and hopefully nobody's picked up any knocks, to start during the week on Thursday night. And uh, the one player that might come back in, depending on his fitness, would be James Forrest. Uh, we've, we've signed a new player. Will he be available? We'll need to wait and see. And then, of course, after that, we've got a massive game against Rangers. Now, yesterday, um, it was confirmed that uh, Celtic and Rangers had an agreement that 750 tickets would be distributed uh, to the away teams. The first game obviously being at Ibrox and the second follow-up game in January at Celtic Park. Now, back in the day, what we're talking, 7,000 was the kind of norm uh, that would have got the full broom loan road stand but we know the reasons behind the fact that we've only got 750 tickets now and Celtic have the tickets sitting up at Celtic Park they're printed out they're sitting there waiting to get picked up by those lucky 750 recipients Rangers have demanded um, an assurance from Celtic an absolute cast iron guarantee that they will be given 750 tickets in January now Laura there has been a few things happening in, in the world uh, over the last year where assurances and guarantees are quite difficult to provide. So Celtic have refused to give them the guarantee based on the fact that we don't know what the situation is going to be with the pandemic come January. I mean, if we give you a cast iron guarantee of 750 tickets and when January comes along, there isn't a full capacity at Celtic Park, yet we must still give them 750 tickets. And that means that season ticket holders aren't getting into the game. Celtic are leaving themselves wide open. Yet Rangers make that demand. We want a cast iron guarantee. Because, Lawrence, Rangers don't play by the rules. Now, there's been a few things this season, and we don't labour anything in relation to Rangers. Rangers are their own side and they do their own thing, but when it affects Celtic... We're going to discuss it. 
Um, and this is yet another example, Lawrence, of them abiding by their own rules. Well, you know, the rule is they've got to give us a reasonable amount of tickets. So I would say zero isn't reasonable. It uh, looks on the face of it that they're breaking the rules. So when did the SPFL step in? Do, do we need to lodge a complaint? Because on the park, you wouldn't need to lodge a complaint. You know, you're not only going to get penalties you shout for. If the ref sees an infringement, someone clearly breaking the rules, they should apply them. Regardless apply- of anybody shouting for them. Yeah, absolutely. So surely this applies to SPFL, especially when there's a dispute that's already hard to get referred to the SFA over the non-compliance with the sponsorship agreement and putting eight million quid worth of sponsorship at risk. Yeah. Who steps in? Who applies the rules? Do the rules apply? Because we know the SFA have refused to to kick out an issue up to the the court for sport arbitration. They've refused to do that over the let's say the dubious awarding of a license uh, to the the original Rangers of the old club. Uh, so when did the rules get applied? It, it, it's a bit a strange one. And what would the sanction be for not actually? If any club just decides we, we don't play by the rules that the rest of the league do, well, what are the sanctions that's left when a club does that? Mm, no, you're spot on. And I mean, in a situation like this, Laura, Celtic feel as though they're powerless. Now, surely that is why there's a, a body in place to step in under circumstances such as the ones that we are currently seeing unfold in front of us. They say, well, actually, that's a breach of this regulation which is at all to abide by, not just every other club except Rangers. So Celtic are frustrated, um, and the fans should be frustrated as well, because, again, it's a, a flagrant disregard for the rules by one club. Just one club, Laura. Uh, what's your thoughts? What was your thoughts yesterday when this story broke? Um, I have to say the first thing that sprung to mind was Rangers uh, demanding a cast-iron guarantee from... Anyone for anything was so dripping in irony that I couldn't believe it. Um, <laughs> I, I have to admit that... I, see, the, the thing I have with this is, this is not about the fact that we are Celtic and they are Rangers that we are saying this. This is about a club, any club, not following the rules and it affecting us. So anybody who's on here thinking that we're just having a go at this because it's Rangers doing it, I would be having a go at this if it was Dundee, if it was Kilmarnock, if it was St Mirren, if it was whoever it was. It's the fact that there is one club in this country and we talk about COVID testing, we talk about um, their their reintroduction into the league, we talk about this situation and the, the sponsorship situation, which they don't seem to be taking to task properly over either. You just get a situation where and I'm I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say this. If you're never fined, disciplined, or uh, given into trouble in any way for anything that you do, why wouldn't you continue to push the envelope? That's what anybody would do in that situation. So as long as they continue to do things that are out with the rules that the other 11 clubs in the league are following and don't get the repercussions of it, they're going to continue doing what they're doing. Yeah. But what if it's not outside the rules for them to do it? What if, I don't know, there's a mystery agreement that says they're not subject to the jurisdiction in Scotland? They're not subject to these rules and jurisdiction well, uh, of Scot- Scottish football and bodies. The, the rules as we understand them 
are what they are operating outside. And I think to keep yourself from going down the road of conspiracy theories and all that kind of thing, you would have to say the rules as we understand them are this and they are not following them. So that is what we have to, to judge on. Now, it then begs a question. Here we have uh, a new CEO at Celtic. And I'm, I'm sure he's going to be faced with many, many challenges. I'm sure he's already been faced with many challenges since he took the role. Is this uh, a coming of age for uh, Don Mackay to say, well, actually, I'm going to have to challenge this. I'm going to have to be the voice of Celtic and challenge this. Laura. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a common sense thing. Like, nobody, given everything that's happened in the last 18 months, can make any cast iron guarantees about anything. We have no idea what the COVID situation is going to be, especially over the winter. We've had we've had numerous warnings from people who are much more educated on the situation than any of us sitting here that it's a respiratory virus that is going to probably increase in case numbers in the winter. And you don't know what the situation is going to be come January with regards to people getting into stadiums. So to sit here and say that Celtic have to deliver a cast-iron guarantee to a football club who can't even guarantee that they're going to pay people is just ridiculous. It's just, it doesn't, if they were operating with any common sense, then they would, they would, they wouldn't be asking for that guarantee. Well, Pat, maybe that's why it's in the rules, so is that you don't have to ask for guarantees. You know what? It's in the rules, you don't need to give guarantees. We need to give you a reasonable amount of tickets. That's the rules, and we play by the rules. So why would you need a guarantee over and above someone playing by the rules? Are we all already operating, Lawrence, at that borderline? What is deemed to be a reasonable amount? Because obviously Rangers took it to the absolute bare minimum, didn't they, when yep. they made that decision in the first place? So is that is that what is deemed reasonable, 750 tickets at Ibrox? Well, if they've come out and said, listen, the reason you're not getting any is because you won't give us a guarantee. So that's over and above league rules. You're asking for something over and above the league rules to be yeah. put in place. Yeah. Why should anything over and above the league rules be put in place? It, it, you know, there's league rules there. Why don't we just play by the rules that everyone's signed up to? Mm-hmm. Why do you need something extra? Is this just to try and get an advantage? And try, Are you worried about something and you don't want any Celtic fans there? You know, it, it, it's... It's strange. And when did the government body step in? Well, I think Don McKay should say something, but why should he have to say anything? Should they have stepped clear? in before now, Lawrence? The, fact, the very fact now that the fixture, in terms of a spectacle for anyone who has gone to Ibrox, or I'm sure for any Rangers fans who have gone to Celtic Park, haven't gone to that fixture throughout their life, cannot deny that the, the fixture has been affected. The atmosphere has been affected. So surely, it, you know, it shouldn't have taken until now for, for that, because it was a Rangers decision in the first place that both clubs are now only offering 750 but, tickets. But there was a, you could say that that was reasonable. You know, it's not the same fixture as it was with the original club. You know, the new club, the fixtures already lost something for me. But it's a new Glasgow derby, and that's an arrangement that the two clubs have that's over and above what's required within the rules. But should Dom have to come out and say something, say, look, this club's breaking the rules, but when are you going to step in? I don't think he should. I think he should step out and say it, but I don't think he should have to. You shouldn't have I to. I think no. the governing body should be stepping in and go, I see, you kind of need to play by the rules here. Yeah. You can't just do what you want. Laura, how does Celtic deal with this situation? Because... It- you know, initially I've just said there, and I agree with Lawrence, he shouldn't have to. You know, Ian Maxwell should already uh, be looking at this situation. He shouldn't have to. Dominic Mackay shouldn't have to intervene. But 
you know, we both know, the three of us know how Scottish football works. And if he doesn't, then it will probably never be dealt with. Following that, how do Celtic deal with the fixture in January? Should Rangers deny 750 Celtic fans opportunity to attend the game at Ibrox? Uh, my response to that would be, uh, I personally don't think that you play tit for tat as far as this is concerned. Uh, you show the other club up for for the way that they're behaving by saying, yes, you can bring your fans here if they pay their money and they can watch Celtic play them off the park if that's what they want. Like they, I, I don't, and I might be setting myself up for embarrassment depending on how the result goes next week, but I'm just saying like, I don't know why as, as Celtic as a football club, we are supposed to be a club open to all. And that includes fans of, of our rival club. And so if they want to pay their money and come and watch games at Celtic Park, then I think they should be able to. I don't think there's any situation in which, regardless of how we're being treated the other way around, I think we should take take the, I guess you call it the moral high ground, but we should be the bigger club and and play by the rules that we're asking them to play by. Yeah, fair comment, uh, Laura, and show a bit of class, I think, as well, you know. Um, there are a couple of other things to discuss. We have touched on the Lee Griffiths and Nisbet uh, gossip, speculation, uh, the suggestion that, uh, you know, Celtic, probably due to the fact that the on-way deal is looking less and less likely now, uh, I think, you know, also we've moved our attention uh, elsewhere and Werder Bremen have pulled it up from under our feet. Um, we might be looking at Kevin Nisbet. It might be something to do with a player plus cash deal. Um, best case scenario would be, you know, under the circumstances, Laura, that, that Lee Griffiths' Celtic career comes to an end. Um, a lot of the people this morning when I suggested that it was a good idea was, why would Tibbs take him? Well, my answer to that would be because he'll score goals. If Lee Griffiths mm. goes to Hibs, he'll score goals. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not particularly interested in why why Hibs would or wouldn't take him, um, but I do agree that's probably the forefront uh, or, or foremost in their mind is the the reason you take Lee Griffiths to your football club is because you think he'll score goals for you, and if they want to take him and we can get him off our hands and we get. Kevin Nisbet in exchange for it. I think uh, I think we win out of that. So um, I, I don't see any. I, I would be doing my utmost to push it through. If I'm completely honest. Yeah, absolutely, Lawrence. Do you agree with that? Before we we finish off with a wee chat about uh, a former manager and constantly coming back to have a dig at Celtic, the players, the fans, and anybody else associated with the club. Yeah, listen, I totally agree with it. I think it's a better deal for Celtic than it's for Hibs, and that doesn't worry me. You know, why Hibs would take it? I, I, I'm not really concerned about that. You know, I think it's a cracking deal for Celtic if they can get it through. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, again, because a Celtic state of mind covers every development at Celtic, Laura, we are going to talk about this. This is not because we want to continue to labour the Neil Lennon um, saga. It's him that's continually picking the scab off of this one. He's come back out. Um, just when Eddie's starting to show a bit of form, and that's why I'm glad that he had another good performance today. Uh, you know, Basically, his question is professionalism. His question is commitment. Um, and he's done this a full year plus after the pre-season that he's talking about. You know, Neil Lennon has tarnished his legacy already and he continues to do so by coming out and having a dig at Celtic. As I say, the fans, the players who are still at the club, still at the club, 
Um, and, you know, Celtic fans are now thinking to themselves, well, when did Neil Lennon become a body language expert? Because the first thing he should do then is, is maybe have a look at his own body language uh, throughout the, you know, throughout the last season of his time at Celtic because, you know, he, he looked clueless to me. He looked disinterested. Um, he looked completely unfocused. And if he looks at the body language of the players who were under his, uh, you know, under his say-so at that point, then he would realise that not one of them was playing for him. Not one of them had faith in him as a coach or as a manager. And quite frankly, I have no faith in him as a human being now. Yeah, I mean, I watched the the excerpt of the, the BBC interview and I thought, uh, you know, somebody replied to a tweet that I made about it and sort of said, you know, maybe he has a point about Eddie. And, and maybe he did. The, the, the fact of the matter is, though, that he's, he's out of the club. He's, he's gone his... His managerial career at Celtic ended in an absolute shambles and he, he has no standing on which to criticise anybody else for the way that that season went. The, the, the major issue that I have as well is that he keeps swinging back and forth between this, that uh, almost implying that Ange has got it easy because he's got the Celtic support behind him. While last season he was saying we were part of the major problem because we were acting so entitled. And I don't know which way it goes. I don't know which way he wants to choose to go with it. But either way, he's alienating everybody because a very basic uh, reflection or, or analysis of the Celtic support at the moment would mean I don't know who he's trying to win over by slagging off um, you know, the current situation at the club because it, it, we are playing well. We have a manager who's playing well who I think would have got us playing well whether there were fans here or not. And let's be fair about it, there were other teams, Rangers included, who played much better than us last season without any fans in the stadium. So what's his excuse for that? I don't know. I, my, my, only, my only wish is that he would just stop talking about Celtic. That's all I want. I just want him to stop talking about Celtic um, and let the club and the fans go on with moving forward because... It was not a pleasant experience last season for him or for the fans. And I think everybody just wants to forget about it, to be honest. You know, and the, the thing with Neil Lennon, I'm not going to talk about him unless he comes and attacks the club. And that's what he's done. And he's attacked the fans. And he's not just doing it in a public setting either, by the way. You know, um, and the thing with that is uh, Lennon does need to take a, a, a total break from commenting on his time at Celtic Park. And people criticise, and in the comments I've been criticised for what I've said, and I stand by every single word of it. Uh, Neil Lennon needs to take responsibility for his own actions um, and his own misgivings, both on and off the park. And he needs to stop talking about Celtic, blaming the fans, blaming the players, and the circumstances as well. Because, yeah, you know what? Even if we were firing um, on all cylinders last season, it would, have been a, it would have been an enthralling title chase. Nobody knows what would have happened, but we were nowhere. And you look at the transformation in some of those same players, Lawrence, under Ange Postecoglou, and that is down to the belief that has been instilled in them by the new gaffer, this new approach, the new philosophy. Listen, that's a huge part of it. But to go back to his particular comments on Eddie, I knew he wasn't with his, you know, the talent training. You're the manager, you were picking a team. Why were you picking them? <laughs> you, you know, straight away, I'm kind of go, mate, do you realise what that says about you as a manager then? I'm just going to get pick a guy that's no worth it and no interested. Right, and you knew that from the start, but you, you continue to pick him. It, it's kind of baffling. You're going, well, what are you saying about yourself here? 
Why are you picking a guy who's going, ah, he's, he's no interest in playing for us. He's no worth us. I can tell by his body language. Well, why did you pick him? You were the manager. You, you're the guy that could do something about that. If you can't get motivated and can't get with us, why do you, why do you continue to pick him? Mm. You certainly didn't get the performances. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was t- today. He looks a lot fitter. He was chasing balls down because uh, pre-season we're going, well, are you out of fit, Ange? Because he was carrying a few pounds last year. We don't think he's the kind of guy who will chase down. He made one of Turnbull's goals, but chasing down, he's lost a few pounds. He looks a lot fitter. How much of that is due down to the management of the player? If a Yeti last season was seen a player that was disinterested in training, you could tell by his body language, but yet kept getting picked in front of him, what was that saying to a Yeti? See, the, the other thing I would say, just to Terence Pat, criticise him professionally, not personally. Well, what what has happened um, that may not be public is something that should be kept private. Uh, you're right, Terence, but let me tell you, his conduct elsewhere with others connected to the club has not been great. And that will probably remain private because that's the way these things should be dealt with, as should things that happen at training and behind the scenes at the club. So it's time Neil Lennon remembered that and acted professionally himself, uh, rather than just come out swinging every time anybody gives him a platform, you know, because it is tedious. But if he continues to do it, I think Celtic fans have a right to reply, and you'll certainly be responding on the Axom uh, platform as well. But let's not allow Neil Lennon or any negativity creep in after a 6 nothing victory again against St Mirren. We've got a European game during the week followed by a game at Ibrox and it looks as though there'll be no Celtic supporters at that game, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, Monday, 12.30, we'll be back. We always are on the Axon Bulletin. It's been a busy old uh, section in the comments field. I think the majority of the people commenting are Celtic fans, so uh, it's great to see. Thanks for tuning in on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter and elsewhere, LinkedIn, Twitch and various other platforms. If you haven't done so already, subscribe on YouTube. And also, thank you to Lawrence Conley and Laura Bradburn for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. Conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.